Um, but anyway, today we're looking at the theme of growth. Uh, mm. It's one of our values at Sunny Hill. So far, we've explored the value of generosity. Mm. Uh, we've, uh, and put your thumbs up. Come on, Luby. Thumbs up for generosity. And uh, I really like that signal because it speaks of like uh, an encouragement. It does. Which is generous. It speaks of like up yeah. more, more, more. Um, last week, we looked at innovation. And I like to put the middle finger out like a little gun. First finger. First finger. Uh, innovation as in we're pointing a new direction. We're going a new way. Yep, that's right. Not Be that. careful what you do with the next one, Luby. Wait. Middle finger. Keep the other two fully extended just to keep it appropriate. This is church, for goodness sake. Mm -hmm. um, the third finger today, we're going to be looking at growth. And the reason I like using middle finger for that one uh, is because it's the tallest finger. It's yeah. the biggest finger. Generally. Generally, unless yeah. you've got different, different hands. hands. I was going to say weird hands, but what is weird? Who decides what's normal and what's weird? Uh, but yeah, if you've got weird hands, then maybe your middle finger isn't the tallest. But generally, it's the tallest finger. And yeah. today we're going to explore the theme of growth. And the reason we're doing this series, uh, This Is Us, is because ultimately we know that we are what we value. Mm, um, good, yeah. So in order to become the people that we want to be, we need to understand who God's calling us to be so that we can live out the behaviours yeah, that are going to move us towards our preferred future. Um, uh, the first week we spoke about the fruit and the seed. If we want to see a fruit produced in our life, we have to be intentional about the seed we're sowing. And if you're not a part of Sunny Hill today, this teaching, this principle is still really helpful for you yeah. to understand and embed into your life. Uh, because maybe for many of you, you're thinking, why does this always happen to me? Why does this always mm. turn out? What? Yeah. Well, ultimately, if you can chase it back to the seed that was sown, either in a behavior or a decision, you can see why the fruit that you reaped wasn't necessarily the fruit it's that good. you were hoping for. Yeah, so we good. want to be intentional people, don't we? Yes. And uh, today we are looking at the theme of growth. So if you've got your Bibles, and you should have your Bibles. Because you're at home. Because you're at home. Uh, open them to John 15. Uh, but if you don't have your Bibles, if you're new to this whole church thing, mm. the text is going to be on the screen as well. But I think it's helpful when we read our Bibles and get an understanding of where something is. Uh, on the page yeah. you know whenever I use my Bible I, the reason I like reading my Bible is because generally I can't always remember where it is but yeah. I know whereabouts it yeah. is on the page um, so yeah. it's kind of helpful to kind of just read uh, the Bible rather than just electronic things all the time because mm. it, it helps you find stuff when you're looking for it but check this out Jesus says in John 15 I am the true vine and my father is the gardener he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Wow. OK, so you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Who's the vine? Jesus Christ. Mm, Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So right from the outset, before we even go into the next portion of that passage, Jesus is saying the only way you're going to be fruitful is ultimately if you're abiding and rooted in me, yeah. like Christ, like the way, the truth and the life. If you try to put your roots into anything else, it's not going to produce the fruit that ultimately uh, you want to see. Jesus goes on and says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Sounds harsh, that. Mm. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Mm. So for the sake of the Father's glory, it's his will for your life that you would be a fruit producer that you would be producing fruit yeah. in your life in your decisions 
um, in your work, in your family. Mm. Actually, God's primary kind of goal in your life is to be fruitful. And one of the things we learn in that passage in John 15 is simply this, is that if you are committed to growth, right, if you're committed to expand your world, expand your life, expand your thinking, and if you're committed to producing the fruit that God wants you to produce, then actually that, that path includes pain. Yeah. Right. Now, this is a hard thing to get our head around because generally in the pulpit, that stuff doesn't preach well. Right. Because <laughs> who wants pain? Well, no one really wants pain. But you know that like when you're growing up, I remember when I was about 15 and I had a growth spurt and uh, my, my legs just ate all the time. There was a yeah, pain in my legs because the growing pains of my muscles and my bones stretching yeah, were actually essential to me kind of moving to the next threshold in life. And what I think we read in John 15 is just this idea that God wants you to grow. But in order for you to grow... Every branch that doesn't produce fruit, right, it's as though you're being cast off and thrown into the fire. So areas of your life, Mm. when you're yielding your heart to the work of the Father, you can expect branches to be chopped down, right? And you kind of go, yeah, that's fair, because obviously if it's fruitless, then we want to make room for fruit, right? So areas of our life, maybe relationships that are dysfunctional, maybe it's, um, I don't know, bad money use or bad stewardship or... Whatever it may be, insecurities, ways of thinking that are keeping you stunted in your growth, God wants to separate from you so that you can grow and be free and liberated to grow. And we'd we'd all go, that's cool. But the other thing we read in this situation, that is even where there is areas of fruitfulness, it says that God, being uh, the gardener, wants to trim back the vine. Like even where you are fruitful, he wants to trim back. Why? Because you can become more fruitful. So I think it's a really important it's understanding good, yeah. that we realize, hey, there's, there's things in my life that I really suck at. There's things in my life that um, are really stunting my ability to grow. And God wants to deal with that quite severely, mm. okay, because his goal for my life is one of growth and fruitfulness, yeah. right? But then there's also areas in my life where I might think I'm smashing it, right? And where I think this is so good. Like, I, you know, I can coach people in this thing. <laughs> but God is also wanting to do a pruning yeah. work there. Like, either way, you're in for a trim. Is what the message is today. Uh, Because if we're committed to growth, we have to accept and understand that pain is in the path, right? That that we we that actually it's essential to our growth. We're sitting the next threshold that we become okay with this idea that even areas where we think we're doing well, that God may want to work on and address because there's always room for more fruit. It's really important because growth is the essence of the kingdom. Growth is the essence of the kingdom. I think so often we pay lip service to this idea of, oh, we want to grow. Uh, I, you know, I want to grow my walk with God. But actually that requires some behavior modification in true. order to commit yes. intentionally to that. Just the desire and the words you speak aren't enough to secure like the path to fruitfulness. Um, check out this in Mark 4. Mark 4 verse 30, Jesus talking about the kingdom of God. He says again, he said, what shall we say then the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Okay, so it seems insignificant at the start. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such branches that the birds can perch in its shade. What is the kingdom of God? Basically, the kingdom of God is anywhere where the rule and reign of God is expanding. Okay, Mm. it's where God has governance. Okay, that is the kingdom of God. And Jesus is trying to describe the kingdom. What is the essence and nature of the kingdom of God? Well, the essence is this, is that it starts as a small seed, but it grows to become something significant. Um, 
Zechariah, we read in Zechariah, it says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. This idea that when we start out, there's a smallness, but over time we should, you know, move to a place of fruitfulness and growth. For people who have recently got saved and maybe exploring Jesus through the Alpha course, you know, asking questions. There's a small seed of faith and a a small seed. Uh, And when we give our lives to Christ, there's this seed of the kingdom that is embedded in us. That now we're no longer just talking about this kingdom idea, but actually the kingdom is now at work yeah, in us. But it starts small mm. and we take baby steps, but eventually it leads to growth. Because, you know, God's plan for your life isn't that you remain immature and an infant. His plan for yeah. you is that you grow. Come on. And his plan for us as people is that we grow. Good, so it starts in small seed form, but once planted, it grows to become the largest tree. So we need to be intentional about the seed. Yeah. Because we want to see the fruitfulness and see the fruit that God wants us to produce. But it's important that the seed's planted. Uh, You know, what does it mean to be planted? To be planted in the house of God. To be planted in uh, the people of the Lord. To be planted in the family of God. Once you plant, you can't produce fruit if you're just a maverick out there on your own. God's plan for you is one of growth. uh, But actually the way that he sees that materialize in your life is by planting you with an assembly of people. And being intentional about your path to fruitfulness. Great. Amen. Amen. I feel like I've just said a whole lot of stuff. What are your thoughts, Libby? I love that. I love that. I was thinking about a time when... Um, someone, Ruth Swift again, actually, she's getting a lot of heads up mentions today. Oh, we love but her. Ruth Swift mentions, she prophesied over me that I would grow in capacity. Yeah. And I was like, oh, great, good, because this thing's hard. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to grow in capacity? So I was like so pumped and thinking, yeah. next, tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up and I'm just going to have all this capacity, all this ability <laughs> yeah. to be able to hold stuff in my brain and mm. juggle everything better. And actually, what's happened is I've, I've had that painful process. Yeah to stretching and capacity. I think my capacity has grown, yeah. but I think it hasn't been a, it hasn't been pain free. Yeah, yeah. It's been a real, it's yeah. a painful thing. Like you say, that growth and that stretching, yes. that actually, you actually feel that. So although you, you, really do. you grow eventually, that process isn't always easy. Is yeah. It? And, and I think sometimes the way that God, uh, God uses tests and trials in our life for our betterment yeah. and for our growth. Not everything that's difficult in your life is necessarily the work of the devil. No, no. <laughs> Sometimes That's God true. is using challenging situations to grow fruit in your yeah. life. And it, it seems weird. And I'm not saying that God initiated the pain. No, no. Yeah. But God can make all things work together for the good of those who love That's him. It. And actually, you know, we, we, we've learned this. I think it's Sam Monk. And it's a great principle. This idea that like, if it hasn't been tested, it can't be trusted. Yeah. That's it, you know, yeah. Who's going to want to get on a plane where the pilot says, oh, I haven't even had my test, test yet. <laughs> Like you go, no, has anyone been tested? Because when you're tested, you can then be trusted. So as we come through seasons of testing, there's a sense that God expands our capacity Mm. and actually he can entrust to us more. We can steward more. And I'm not Mm. just talking about finances. I'm talking about responsibility. I'm talking about influence. I'm talking about a whole heap of things. But ultimately it starts with a commitment to growth, just like Mm. you say. What's that phrase? Don't just go through it grow through it nice oh my gosh it's not mine hashtag it's not don't mine. just go through it grow through yeah, it. yeah you didn't have to say it's not yours that's a great that's saying not, that's mine that was mine <laughs> louise mayer over yeah, here i did that probably joyce Amber. you know don't just go for it grow for it don't just waste your time like yeah. moaning about it you know use this opportunity to really press into god and secure the fruit that yeah. he wants to see yeah, come on. Uh, produced in your life now i think one of the the challenges is sometimes our attitude and mentality irritate the seed of the kingdom okay okay because wired integrally into a kingdom seed is one that has the dna for growth and expansion Mm. 
but I think that often comes into conflict with our own mentality because by our words, we may say we want to grow mm. as a church. We want to grow, but actually growth requires pain and growth requires change. Yeah. And actually, often by our actions, we don't like either of those things. So whilst we say with our mouth, we want to grow as individual believers in our practice, you yes. know, our behaviors don't always reflect so that, you know, statement. Or if we say as a church, we just want to grow. Well, you know, we look at um, at the moment on Wednesday nights, we're exploring Acts. 3,000 get saved. Yes, please, Lord. 3,000 getting saved tomorrow. OK, but do you really want that? Yes. Like, I know I, I'm the same. I'm not yeah. judging you, man. I'm the same. Yeah. Like, I want that, I think. But like yeah. it, it means that there's going to be painful changes yeah, and, yeah. and, and pain, painful shifts that have got to happen in order to accommodate the fruit yeah. that God wants to bring in. Um, so it's really under- important that we understand that it's not just about a desire for growth. Come on. It's about intentional behaviors that set yeah, us up yeah, yeah. for growth. OK, uh, so let's have a look at some of these behaviors. And the first one I want to look at this is that we want to be committed to health. Yeah, we do. This is vitally important that we are committed to health. Why? Because it's actually possible to grow without being healthy. Okay. Say it again. It's possible to grow without being healthy. Yeah, no, that's true. So what I mean is like... Like, um, like mold. When I'm into a fit season, like the temptation to take steroids is always there. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't most of the time. Um, to, to fast track growth, muscle growth, there are ways yeah. to do it. But just because it gets the end product in terms of growth, it doesn't mean it's necessarily healthy. Mm. So it's possible to grow and not be healthy. Like... You, you could eat 20 Domino's pizzas a day. Not that I would ever want to do that. And you would grow, but that growth doesn't equo- equate to health. Yeah, Okay. True. So it's important that we understand that um, growing doesn't mean it's healthy. However, understand this, that if it's healthy, it will grow. Okay? Okay, yeah, it's good. So yeah. let me, I've written down here, it's possible to grow without health, but it's impossible to be healthy without growth. Yeah, it's true. It's Hashtag good. that. And that wow. is mine. That's yours. Found it. Yeah. Right. It's possible to grow without health. Write it down. It's possible to grow without health, but it's impossible to be healthy and not grow. Okay. So it's really important because one of the primary seeds that um, spread the value of growth is the seed of health. Organisms that are healthy grow. In one group, just Wednesday, just gone, we looked at Acts 2 verse 42 to 47 a.k.a. the formation of the church, and we learn five principles, okay. okay? If you haven't seen it, it's on our Facebook page, and I think it's probably in YouTube and all that kind of stuff. But we're really trying to understand in this early church, what was the formation? How did it form? What did it look like? Yeah. What can we learn? What principles can we glean? And we explored five principles that the early church embedded in their practice. It was this. They were committed to learning. They were committed to giving. They were committed to praying. They were committed to community. And they were committed to evangelism. Mm. All of those things contributed to the sense of health in the church. Okay. okay yeah. So the early church was committed to health. How? Because it says in Acts 2, I think it's 42, it says they devoted themselves. These 3,000 that got saved devoted themselves to these behaviors, mm. devoted themselves to these practices and these principles. And what was the result? Well, the result was exponential growth. Yeah. Like in verse 47, it says the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. So you get 3,000 on the day of Pentecost and then like just a continuation every single day of growth. And in Acts 4, you read of growth. In Acts 6, you read of growth. To be honest, all through Acts, you you read of growth. And when you look at some church history kind of manuals, you can see a really impressive picture. Check this out. Ruined it. Right. In 100 AD uh, on census, 
there were 25,000 believers. How do we know that? Uh, because the Roman Empire started persecuting the church aggressively. Right. And so they made a note of the believers on census. Uh, 200 years of aggressive persecution and a regime that was bent on trying to uh, just wipe the church off the face of the earth. You would think that after 200 years of heavy persecution, there would be decline. You'd be hoping for 250 believers, I should think. But what do we see after two years when they take a census? There are now 20 million wow. believers on census. Goodness. Okay, so this this exponential growth, yeah. I can't even do the math on that. I've done it once before, but it's a whole heap of increase. It's a lot. Going from 25,000 believers, increasing the temperature of persecution on the church over a course of 200 years, and then, you know, resulting in... 20 million people yeah, right. saying, I believe in Christ Amazing. after 200 years. And uh, so many supporting articles. So that I think I read that in Alan Hirsch's book, something revolution. can't remember now. Um, but yeah, just an amazing reality that when Jesus says, I will build my church, he actually means it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. His, his plan for the kingdom is one of growth and expansion. Come on. And what's really interesting is like circumstances and what society and culture does around us. It may try to irritate the seed of the kingdom, but when believers really are intentional about the seed of the kingdom, the seed will still grow into the biggest tree in the garden. That's great. Okay. Yeah, so what's great. really interesting is the Roman Empire up the ante on persecution. Why? Because they saw the church as a threat to the Roman Empire. Yeah. Because Christians preached this thing of liberty and they were getting some traction. So the Romans kind of increased the persecution. And even though uh, the soil around it was trying to irritate the seed, these 25,000 believers, I should think, or maybe there's a few more that weren't listed, decided, no, no, we're going to be intentional about the seed of this yeah, kingdom. Right. And we understand that we may be small. I mean, 25,000 doesn't seem small, but when you're up against the biggest True. empire in the yeah. world, it's pretty small. You know, what we're going to do is we're going to be in intentional about what we do, about who we're becoming. We're going to define our values. We're going to live by our principles. And what happens over 200 years? Exponential growth. Wow. Why? Because when you champion health, growth results so it's really important that we understand that um, but the second thing we want to think about and it should come up just at the bottom not <laughs> is this is that it's a commitment to mission commitment yeah. to mission I think mission is one of the things that you know as believers we struggle with because whilst ministry speaks to us we love mm -hmm. ministry yeah. mission speaks to our intent to reach people for the glory of God like yeah. and that is part of the 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 intention of the kingdom seed is to grow in that way mm. if the kingdom of god is realized in the rule and reign of god the kingdom of god expands when more hearts surrender to that kingdom and his rule yeah, and reign true. okay so actually the, you know mission is absolutely essential to who we are as the people of god it's this idea that that we don't just exist for ourselves and we don't just exist to have great Sundays and really solid yeah. online broadcast experiences, solid. right? We actually exist for the one who doesn't know Jesus yet. Yeah. The reason that Jesus hasn't come back for his church right yet is because his heart is so big for the unbeliever. Mm -hmm. His heart for the person who is far away from him is so vast that he is holding back uh, you know, the return yeah. of Christ because he desires that no one would perish. Because actually his intent for the church is that we would... Uh, be the manifold wisdom of God that we would extend the kingdom of God yes. through the proclamation of the gospel through our acts of service and through essentially just multiplying yeah, disciples on. making disciples mission is absolutely crucial to our growth and I wrote this are you ready a going church is a growing church Ooh. a going church <laughs> 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 you need a fan do you need a fan <laughs> there we go <laughs>
A going church is a growing church, okay? So part of our discipleship growth as believers, you see when Jesus called the disciples, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There was something in that following of Jesus. There was something in the fact that when they went, they were going to be ultimately on the path towards fruitfulness and growth. So going leads to growing. When we go with the gospel, it leads to our growth as disciples because God wants to teach us stuff as disciples. But it also leads to the expansion of the church, which is what we're after. Yeah, okay, yeah, so uh, brilliant. There's a great C.S. Lewis quote, which I probably can't do anything with. But let me try and find it on here, this stupid iPad. Um, there it is. C.S. Lewis says this. The church is to draw people to Christ and make them like Christ. The church exists for no other purpose. Listen to that yeah. again. C.S. Lewis not quite as inspired as Paul or Jesus, but he's a pretty solid pretty believer. Yeah, pretty the good. church is to draw people to Christ and make them like Christ. The church exists for no other purpose. If the church is not doing this, then all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, pastors, sermons, even the Bible are a waste of time. Wow. Because actually we're built to grow. That's the, that's, yeah. that's the essence of the kingdom. So as a disciple, if you want to grow, you have to go. In fact, on my quiet time this morning, I went for a walk and I read Romans 9 and it really just shocked me. Um, just working through Romans at the moment. But listen to what Paul says here. He says, uh, I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it in the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Listen to this. This is mental, right? Can you say that? I don't know. This is crazy. This is cray cray. He says, for I could wish that myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers and those um, of my own race, the people of Israel. Paul is essentially saying that his heart is so vast for those who don't know Jesus that he himself would opt for this idea that, like, I will be cut off from the life of Christ, that my brothers would know him. Right. Imagine having that intense kind of fire for those who don't know Jesus yet. Like, I can't even compute that in my mind. Like, there's nothing better than knowing Jesus. Yet this burden of saying, like, you know, if it took me laying down my right Mm. to kind of receive in Christ for the sake of my brothers, I would do it. Wow. You know, and I think sometimes in the church, we are just really uh, almost not apathetic, well, yeah, apathetic and indifferent to this call of the gospel to go and preach the good news. Yeah. How, how else are people going to know Jesus? How else is the kingdom going to be expanded? If we are committed to growth, then we have to be committed to going. Now, listen to this. I've got some numbers here. You need a pen, Lou, because you need to write them on your oh, hand. Really? Go and get a pen. That's actually, a pen. Yeah, go and get one. I'll just let Louise go and get a pen. Israel Douglas is saying an obedient church is a growing church. It's true. It's true. Hope you're all doing really well. It's great to see that so many of you jumped onto this channel. I apologise again for our stupid iPads. I've got my Sunny Hill branded pen. Yeah, you have. There oh, that's go. good. Maybe I should change my point to right here, right now. Yeah, there we go. Right. OK, so let me give you these stats. Write 95% and you, you can write it the right way. Can I? Yeah, because yeah, I've reversed the camera. Oh, wow. Sweet. OK, so show that to the people, right? 95%. Okay, here we go. Nine, and then we you need to have a clever it? transition. Okay. So there's the slide and there's my head. It's like a, a split screen. Okay. okay. 95%. Oh. Don't cover I'm my so head. Confused. This is the money maker right here. Ah, it's so stressful. <laughs> you need to make a nice little right? Okay, here we go. 95% of all Christians right, have never won a soul to Christ. Whoa. Like this is kind of research, like which is by a credible uh, group of people called the Barna Trust. Ninety-five percent of all believers have never led someone to Jesus. Okay, wow. write this next number now. 
85%. Okay? Here's the next one. 85% of people, of Christians, okay, do not consistently witness for Christ. 85. So 95% have never reached anyone for Jesus, okay? And 85, yeah, Chris is saying, can't you just use paper? We could. <laughs> Why didn't I think no, of that? No, because it's better. Oh I like gosh. this. I like this one. 95%, okay, of all Christians have never won a soul for Christ. 85% of all Christians are not consistently witnessing for Christ, right? Okay, now the next one, 2%, right? 2%. 2%, okay. Okay, so less than 2% are involved in an evangelistic mission or ministry, okay? So obviously these are quite broad, blanket kind of um, research, but actually... It, it kind of holds up loads of books would kind of testify to the same truth that this is the situation we're currently facing that research suggests that the longer you can put that down low fade it away transition Ooh, that the kind of results suggest this your poor thumb Lou My poor thumb. <laughs> like, the longer you spend in the fold okay with believers in church okay the the less effective you become in sharing your faith Wow. Okay, so the longer you spend in the bubble of church, okay. the less likely you're going to be um, going and being intentional in trying to expand the church and the kingdom through sharing your faith, right? Mm. Um, and for those of you who don't know Jesus watching out, it all sounds quite weird. But ultimately, our belief is this, is that those who know Jesus, they know life to the yeah. full now. But they also get to spend eternity yes. in heaven in this glorious place. So it, it's not some kind of wishy-washy sales thing. Like it's not about trying to increase our revenue and everything. It's actually a matter of life and death. So, it's actually yeah. we believe that this is the hope for mankind. This is the hope for the world. Yeah. That preaching that Jesus loves you so much that even if you've fallen short, well, everyone's fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus loves you so much yes. that he doesn't want anyone to go to hell. But he wants Come all on. of them to repent and know him. And so actually, this is a real big issue because if the church isn't going, the only growth we're going to experience is sideway growth. It's or biological growth. People babies. having more babies. That's one way to grow church, right? Yeah. Or sideways growth. Get more Christians to come to Sunny Hill, right? And I'm not against Christians joining us. If there's good reasons, we have other great people that go to other churches because they've got great reasons. And I'm not judging that. But ultimately, the primary kind of vehicle for growth in the church should be one of mission and evangelism to actually expand this kingdom that wants to grow into one that is actually growing. OK, so this is a behavior that we need to address. We need to become more going oriented, more missional in yeah. our mentality. Even right now, I'm sure that high five the screen. Do it. I'll high five it with you, Ali. Jess. Right. Um, I definitely want to high five. I want to give it a little like, respect. Um, we have to do and I know this is difficult. I know it is. I've yeah. been there. Like I don't sometimes I'm trying to like have conversations with people and I just feel like on the back foot and I get it and it's weird. But here's the thing with evangelism, it's even more weird the less you do it. It's true. Like it's true. if you don't do it for a year or two, all of a sudden you just lose your cutting edge. Um and really what it means to be a witness for Jesus is not that you just lead thousands to Jesus, because only God can do that, okay? It's just this fact that we are witnessing and saying, this is what God's done yeah. in my life. This is my story. This is my testimony. And um, it may feel weird because culture says it's weird. But let me tell you, on the path of growth, there's pain. So maybe you need to be humbled. Maybe you need your ego kind of to be knocked a little bit yeah. um, for the sake of the kingdom. Because if we want to grow, we have to go. There's no two ways about it. It's good, Dan. Thank really you, Luby. You're it. awesome. <laughs> and the third thing is a commitment to invitation. Okay. 
I know that um, Ferndown Campus did a little series on invitation last year now. I heard it was remarkable. But invitation is so central to our value of growth. Uh, because the good news of Jesus Christ is basically an invitation. The invitation like this, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Like there's an invitation, come, come, come. Mm-hmm. Not everyone will respond to the invitation, but still the invitation stands still the same. Good, come to yeah. me. Jesus calls his disciples, come, follow me. Even in the book of Acts, as we were looking at last Wednesday, um, it says that 3,000, what did it say? 3,000, I think I made a note of it, accepted. 3,000 accepted that day. Accepted implies accepted what? An invitation. Accepted this opportunity to respond to the message that Peter just preached, the good news of of Jesus Christ. So as a church, we have to be, we have to be invitational. We just have to be. It's so important to who we are, to who we're becoming, because it's through invitation that actually we see growth. Uh, in the church right so there's this one sense that mission is about going and invitation is about bringing Mm -hmm. and both of them are right you know one of the reasons that we are really intentional with our Sunday gatherings is because we want to create space and environment that we can bring our friends and family into for those of you watching if you've never been to Sunny Hill before we'd love you to join us as soon as our physical doors are open again we'd love you to come we want to invite you to come and join us you don't have to believe what we believe. You don't even have to stand and sing. You don't have to jump like we jump. And you don't have to even bring a Bible. You just need to come. And we want to extend that invitation. Yes. But invitation doesn't work well generally from strangers. Invitation works best when it comes from people who know people. Yes, true. Um, you want me to write more stuff? I want you to write this down, okay? How's this going to happen? Right, scri- scribble that one out. out. Right, okay. So 50,000, right? 50,000. Here's some research for you. And at the bottom here, it should say commitment to invitation. Okay, commitment to invitation. Yeah, 50,000, transition in. Oops, but don't wait. cover up the money maker. Okay. <laughs> it's really weird doing it backwards. I'm like working against myself. Hey, Yanni. Is Yanni in the room? Good to Yay, see you, Yanni from up? Hungary. Bird up, bird up. He's a pastor in Hungary, Budapest. Legend. Good to have you with us, Yanni. Uh, anyway, 50,000 people, okay, were interviewed over 10 years. 50,000 people who had recently got saved over the course of 10 years were interviewed to find out how they kind of became Christians, okay? okay? Right? Now, here we go. Right, 90%. That's a lot. 90%. 90%. That's a lot. That's a big one. 90%, again, moneymaker, do not (laughs) hide... Do you think you're doing it on purpose a little bit? Right. 90% of the 50,000 people began their journey by going to church because someone invited them. Wow. Okay? So what is 90% of that? 45,000, I should think. 45,000 of these people came to know Jesus because someone invited them to church. Wow. That's crazy. That's, That's mental. Yeah, that is a lot. 45,000 of these people. Let's just Excuse move that thumb. <laughs> 45,000 people of the 50,000 came to church because somebody invited them. Okay, now write okay. this. Okay. Write 2%. This is really 2%. important. Keep tracking with us, okay? That's not as big as 90%. Two percent of those people's invitation. <laughs> oh, yeah. you, no, you've done the two wrong. Look. What? <laughs> 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 you cheeky git. You can't say git. <laughs> say cheeky man of the Lord. Cheeky right. chap. Cheeky chap. Cheeky chap. <laughs> okay, so two percent. Of the 90%, okay, came to church because of... You've got to track with this. This is really important. Okay, okay. 2%. I'm trying to keep it still. 2% of the 90% came to church because of advertisement. 
Only 2%. Only 2%. So, you know, sometimes we put boosted posts on Facebook and Instagram, but only 2% of the 90% that came to church, I hope you're tracking with me, it sounds okay. waffly, yeah. came because they saw an advertisement. Wow. Okay. okay, okay. That's crazy. That is mental, isn't it? We put a lot of money into advertising. We do. We do. For 2%. I mean, the 2% is still working. For the 2%. For the that's two. part of our vision. For the 2 Okay, now we're at 6%. 6%. That's more than 2%. Yeah. That is more than 2%. Well done. And we're up to She's homeschooling our kids and she's learning a lot in the process. So... Okay, 6%. 6% came to church. What is wrong with it? It's fine. 6% came to church, okay, through pastoral invitation. So let's say I go to visit someone sick in the hospital or Phil goes to visit somebody sick in the hospital. Let's do this transition. Phil goes to visit someone sick in the hospital and says, let me pray for you. You should come to church, okay? Um, so through pastoral invitation, someone in leadership intentionally inviting somebody to church, okay? So it's not necessarily friend or family, yeah. it's pastoral invitation. 6% okay. of that 90%, 60%, okay. is this making sense to It you? makes perfect sense to me. I feel like I'm waffling and I'm really worried people are going, this is We've so boring. We've got 100 boring. people looking at writing on my hand. We're nearly there, so. okay. Okay, now put another 6%. 6%. Another 6% of the 45,000 people who came, came because of an organized evangelistic campaign. Wow. Okay, so let's say like Alpha or something. Okay. okay, something that is a course, that is a campaign to try and help people encounter the good news of Jesus uh, through something, an intentional program like that. 6%. Okay, now write this and, and write it big on the other hand. Shall I write it for you? Yeah. Ow, you write hard. Ow. You don't want that coming off, Ooh, do you? Ooh, that stinks. Okay. 86%. That way. 86%, right? came to church or came to Jesus because a friend or family invited them. Wow. That's crazy, isn't it? 86. 86% of the 90% that came through invitation came at the invitation of somebody they knew. Wow. Now, you might think, I don't even know how to talk to my friends or my family about this stuff. Mm. Well, you know what? You don't have to be a Billy Graham. You just have to invite, just say, yeah. can I just invite you to come to church? Room. Okay, here's the crazy thing from another thing. I mean, there's so much craziness going on. I'll just write it here. Luby, you, your skin is so soft. It's like tissue paper. <laughs> Old lady. Where am I? Okay, now this is the final stat I'm going to give you today, and then you can rest, right? And this is from other research. So that bit of other research was in a book called The Inviting Church. This is by Tom Rayner, who's a church statistician. He, he, in his findings, he's found this, okay? So imagine this, 86%, right, of people who responded to an invitation did so at the request of a friend or family member, right? Yeah. But only 2% of Christians have invited an unchurched person to church. Wow, okay. So you can see the restrictions and the limitations that our current model in the West what fruit that's going to produce yeah ultimately transitional way ultimately the fruit is going to be a church that is just really on a steady decline and it's so sad because it doesn't have to be that way all we need to know is that actually if i know jesus then i've been called and appointed to share the good news yeah. of jesus christ and uh, mission to go invitation to bring and it's part of that that we have to be intentional about our health as believers because if we're healthy, then we're going to grow. And if Sunny Hill's healthy, it's going to grow. Yeah, okay. So we're a generous church. We're an innovative church. And we're a growing church. Okay. Any questions? Anything you want to add? Because I'm aware now that we probably need to, with all of the jumping of broadcast, we've gone over quite a no, bit No, you crack on. I, I could speak, but I know no, that we're short on time.
No, I, I just think, I don't know whether you're going to say this, actually, but I think one of the best, I think people don't want to talk to their friends about Jesus because they're scared of questions. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not having the answer. Yeah. I think generally we all want to tell our friends about Jesus. Yeah, I don't true. think you'll find a Christian that's like, oh no, it's just me and my private faith. I yeah. think generally speaking, most Christians do want to talk to their friends. They just, they're scared that they don't have all the answers. They're scared yeah. that they're going to get caught and trapped and, and maybe even make it look bad, yeah. make the gospel look bad because yes. they don't know how to say it properly, yeah. perhaps, I don't know. Um, but I think one of the most powerful ways that we can share our faith is just by our testimony, yeah, right. just by showing so what it is that Jesus has done in our lives. Yeah. We know, admit that you don't know all the answers and and tell them that the chances are if they become a Christian, neither will they. Yeah, yeah, answers yeah, are yeah, not yeah. the pursuit. The pursuit is relationship. Yeah, yeah. And um, you can, you, you've got bags of experience on that. Yeah, I've, yeah. Got, I've got bags of stories I can call upon of how God's blessed me and spoken to me yes. and used me and that's what people want to know they don't necessarily need all the answers but they just want so to see good. the difference that it's made in your life and so i think taking away that like israel has just said their fear of man that yeah. idea that i'm scared of what they're going to think or i'm scared that they're going to change the way they look at me or talk to me or whatever removing that from like your mentality and you know setting yourself free from the pressure of knowing all the answers and just reflecting on what Jesus has yeah, done in your life. It's, it's a really powerful way to be invitational so and good. missional. So good. That's great, Vivi. You crack on there. Well, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of land the plane here. Um, but ultimately, we understand that Jesus is the model. Like, it's him that we're inspired by. It's him that we look to. And we understand that Jesus is a missionary. And we, we worship a missionary God. So, you know, we've set our vision for the one. Um, which is based in Luke 15 and it's all based around this idea of the one who goes searching, the mm. one who goes looking, the one who goes, not the one who stays and waits. And, um, you know, our encouragement to you is to be so inspired by the, the good news and who Jesus is and what he's done in your life. You know, he left heaven to go and come and seek you out, to yeah. come and find you. Um, and he's not just looking for people who are, have it all together. In fact, he, he came for the broken. He came for the sick. He came for the lost. He came for the dysfunctional. He didn't come for those who had it all together. You know, all the I's dotted and the T's crossed. He's a savior to every man. He's a savior to the millionaire on sandbanks. And he's the savior to the one sleeping under, you know, the, the pier in Bournemouth. Like mm. he, he's the savior of the world. And like my encouragement to you is that during this time, it's not an excuse for us to just kind of put growth on the back burner. We want to grow as a church, yeah. even in this season. We know that pain is a great environment for growth to occur. That actually, that there can be fruit in this season. Um, and so I just really want to appeal to you and encourage you just to say, guys, you know, seize the opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Let's share our story. Let's share our testimony. Let's witness to the reality that God is good. Amen. And, um, you know, if you don't know Jesus today as your saviour, we would love to invite you to accept him into your heart. Yeah. Um, basically, the big picture is this, is that fundamentally we're broken as humankind. And uh, we can't we can't find our way out of the mess we're in, in and of ourselves. But God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to come and die on the cross to actually die for your dysfunction, mm. to die for your brokenness, to die for your sickness, yeah. to die for your poverty. And as he laid down his life on the cross, something remarkable happened. He, he set down this precedent where we could come with our brokenness and lay on him our dysfunction and our insecurities and our anxieties. And in turn, he would lay on us his righteousness and his right standing with God. And so even today, even from your home where you are, 
all you've got to say is, Jesus, would you come into my heart? Jesus, mm. I accept that I need a savior. Lord, I'm sorry for the things I've done, but God, I know right now that I want to follow you. I want that seed of the kingdom to be embedded in my heart. Um, you know, because ultimately that's where life is found. So Amen. if you want to accept Jesus as your savior today, let me pray with you right now. Um, but ultimately, I encourage you, register for the Alpha course. What a great place to start. Yeah, and the fact that definitely. we're only the second week in, that's going to be brilliant. It's a good opportunity, definitely. So let's pray together this morning. Just, just pray after me. If you know Jesus or not, it's a great prayer to yeah, pray, okay. okay? So, Father God. Father God. I thank you for the word today. I thank you for the word today. God, I thank you that you are interested. God, I thank you that you are interested. In my wins. In my wins. And in my failures. And in my failures. In, in what I'm good at. In what I'm good at. And in my dysfunction. And in my dysfunction. In my successes. In my successes. And in my failures. And in my failures. And Father, right now. And Father, right now. I just ask you. I ask you. Just to receive me afresh. To receive me afresh. And that I would receive you afresh. And that I would receive you afresh. Sow that seed of the kingdom in my heart. Sow that seed of the kingdom in my heart. And cause it to grow. And cause it to grow. Help me to become like Christ. Help me to become like Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So guys, bless you. So what we'll do is we'll conclude a little bit differently today. Because we wanted to play a really cool oh, song. Oh, we did. And we wanted to show you some more Sunny Hill faces that you may so not have seen gutted. in a little while. <laughs> Uh, Phil and Emily recorded a beautiful song this oh, week. Oh, they did. Uh, you know, I think they just started playing around with the guitar for fun, but I think it's so beautiful it was. that um, it would have fitted in right now. So what we're going to do is rather than conclude our service like we normally do, uh, we're going to post that video to our Facebook page. And I really encourage you, don't just get up and leave your space. Like, I'm going to put that video up immediately. Just watch it where you are. Yeah. Let it minister to your heart where you are right now. And um, let, allow it to bless you. Allow the truth of it to bless you. There's no words on the screen, but you'll be able to see them singing it. Uh, just worship with them. Mm. Um, it's a so, song that we've sung as well. It's a song you that we've sung. At, and, and it really fits into today's message, particularly this idea that Jesus is the one who leaves the 99 mm. and goes for the one. Uh, guys, let me just apologise before we end broadcast. What's that? Dom, have you checked the terminal? He's ready for landing because you're a bit late today. <laughs> Not good, eh? We are late. Um, we are. But yeah, guys, so sorry for the technology yeah. hoo-hahs. I don't know. If anybody would like to donate an iPad Pro to me <laughs> or to Sunny Hill, however you want to do it, it's fine. But if, you, if you've got a spare yeah. iPad Pro Generous kicking church, around right? with a big storage capacity, at least 64 gig, <laughs> then I would be eternally grateful. Maybe just right now, the Lord is just <laughs> dropping that just out of nowhere. <laughs> um, Louise, pray for us and then we'll just sign off. Father God, I thank you that you have purposed us for growth. Amen. I thank you that you have designed us so that we don't just stay as we are, God, but that we grow in you and we grow to be mission-minded and we grow to love, um, love our neighbours and love our friends well enough that we want to bring them into the knowledge of you as well, God. Amen. Thank you that it is good news that you came to die for us, that you came to set us free that you came, that we would know life um, in this life mm. and life in eternity to you, Jesus. God, we give you this week and God, we just look for opportunity as we head out into it, an opportunity to bless people, mm. opportunity to share your goodness. God, would you give us confidence and boldness, Lord God, would you fill us with your spirit and then encourage us to go and amen. spread the word and grow your kingdom as you grow it in us, Jesus, amen. in your name. Amen.